Hello and welcome to the creative stream of the Pondo Podcast. I am Alicia, co-hosting this episode with Michaela, and today we have a special guest, Amanda Jenkins, and she is an associate professor of theology at Grand Canyon University, as well as author and former Pondo staffer. Super exciting. So ready to dive into her story and how she has creatively engaged with God over the years in different ways. Enjoy. Hello. <laughs> and Amanda as well. Welcome, Amanda. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, yeah. We're so excited to, to get to talk to you. Um, Amanda is just a super interesting person and a dear friend. Um, and she is a longtime member of the Pondo fam. Uh, Amanda, would you like to share with us kind of what your connection to Pondo has been? Yeah, so I started working at Pondo when I was 15 years old, Mm -hmm. right after my sophomore year of high school. And I worked at Pondo um, for those three years after high school and then all four years after college. Uh, So summers and winters, off and on. uh, I didn't always do full seasons, but Mm -hmm. I was always up there uh, at various times. So there was uh, seven years of camp life. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, for me. Uh, And then in summer of 2021, I needed just a little bit of a break and reset. So I also uh, went and spent part of the summer season hanging out at Camp Pondo. Yeah. Yeah, And and for reference, this was already after she was already a professor at GC. She just like (laughs) randomly contacts Dan and Becky and was like, hey, I have some time. Can I come wash dishes? Like... (sighs) And lifeguard and all the other things. Yeah. So that's where Michaela and I got to meet Amanda. Obviously, she was around before. Well, and I guess Michaela, you already knew Amanda from college, college days. Yeah, life has op- overlapped in several seasons. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's been fun. Yeah, you guys had some class together, right? Marine yeah. biology. <laughs> yes, we went on a uh, a Saturday trip to Catalina mm-hmm. Island. I'm when pretty we sure were in we college. were kayaking buddies. Yeah, Michaela <laughs> remembers this. I I remember Michaela from college, but she remembers that class more yeah. than I do. You're like yeah. I've blocked <laughs> taken too many classes yeah. since then. Um, so Amanda, what is it about um, Pondo that kept you coming back all those years? Yeah, well, Pondo is a special place for me because um, I mean my life has been. Uh, very much about ministry in lots of different ways. My current job, um, teaching at a university and at a seminary. I train people for vocational ministry. Uh, I've done vocational ministry, but Pondo was kind of where it all started at the age of 15. My first kind of uh, entrance into what it looks like to to have a vocation that's specifically geared towards helping people to encounter Jesus. I think that in any vocation, you can serve Jesus, but there's, there's something uh, about being at a camp or being in a church or, or being on the mission mm-hmm. field that is is a particular niche. Uh, yeah. And Pondo was my first uh, kind of entrance into that. And also it was before uh, any of my education, which has actually been such a defining mark of my life, having spent so much time I mean, uh, at this point, I've spent 16 years in theological education. Wow. Uh, wow. And so, but Pondo was pre that, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Of like, here mm-hmm. was a time and space when I 
um, loved Jesus and served Jesus Mm -hmm. even before I had particularly been able to articulate uh, the Mm. incarnation or this God who became man for us. Uh, I still knew him in a deep and intimate way, which was also why I wanted to go back uh, Mm -hmm. to remember Mm -hmm. um, what ministry was like before I was um, before I was responsible <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah. the innocence you know mm-hmm. that like those young encounters with jesus that i think hold yeah. such a pivotal place in our hearts because it's like man i didn't i didn't even know everything that i know now and yet those the sweet moments of cherishing like the way he spoke to you or the way you know like it's just those moments are huge. He did. Yeah. He spoke to me lots there. And I don't mean I was irresponsible when I worked there. <laughs> I just mean I had less pressure on every yeah. word that came out of my mouth Yeah. <laughs> at that point. For sure. He didn't have people recording watching you and recording you. <laughs> <laughs> looking up to you, yeah. all the things. No, I'm, yeah. I'm sure they did look up to you even that. <laughs> Which, even you said you started working there at 15, right? Mm-hmm. And it was that year, too, that you had kind of a – was that the, the – the first year of having kind of that, not called a ministry, but almost like revelation while you were working at Pondo. Was it that year or was it a little bit later? Yeah, no, uh, I, I think, story. um, so when I was 15 years old, I was a pretty significant brat and <laughs> my, my mom is a trooper, uh, but to some extent too, she didn't really want to deal with me. And so all my friends were getting driver's license. I'm on the young end of my class year. (laughs) And I think she just knew it was going to be a summer of trouble um, with me gallivanting around Southern California. And so she shipped me up to camp uh, to work. (laughs) My cousin had worked at Pondo actually for I think she ended up working there for like seven years. Okay. Um, and so she had worked there for a long time mm-hmm. already. She'd probably already been there for about five years. Mm-hmm. And so because my cousin had worked there, she was over guest services, which at the time uh, included a lot of like housekeeping and cleaning. Mm-hmm. And so my mom said, hey, can Amanda go do this with you? And I had gone to camps before. Uh, I liked the idea of camp, um, but I was pretty bitter that I was getting shipped away from my friends for the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... So um, I had a pretty bad attitude, and I actually told uh, everybody at camp that I had mono the first week that I was up there, and I just <laughs> laid in bed. <laughs> um, but maybe like the second or third week, I was helping my cousin clean. We were cleaning the shower house bathrooms right there by the pool, and I heard chapel happening. It was in the tent then down by the, the pool there, and... Uh, At that point, I played drums. I was pretty good as a drummer. Mm -hmm. I thought I was better than the guy who was playing uh, in the band that summer, and I had been pretty salty that part of my job was to, like, um, clean the chalet where the speaker and the band stay, and I was like, why am I cleaning up after this guy? I should be on stage, and he should be cleaning up after me. (laughs) And as I was listening to worship and listening to the drums, uh, cleaning cleaning the bathrooms, I had this realization that if Jesus were working at camp, he would be far more likely to be cleaning a bathroom than to be Mm. uh, on stage playing drums. And it was really a significant moment in my life. Um, When I talk about it in theological terms, I say that was like my um, Jesus is my Lord moment, Mm. um, where I I believe that I was saved prior to that, but Jesus didn't really have rule, reign, and authority uh, over my life. I still Mm kind of did my own thing, had my own rules. Uh, I was in charge. And when I realized that even though I claimed that that uh, 
Jesus was in charge, he wasn't. And so that was a significant moment for me where I realized if I'm actually going to follow Jesus, if he's actually going to have rule, reign, and authority over my life, maybe I should stop having motivations of my own glory and Mm. my own um, being clapped at and honored or praised on stage. And maybe I should do more things like cleaning bathrooms. Mm. And so uh, I did lots of jobs at Pondo over Mm -hmm. the years. Um, But I always went back to the things I did that first summer of washing dishes and cleaning bathrooms because uh, it was good for me. Uh, And I I think it's what Jesus would do if he were there. Mm. So that's beautiful. Mm. I love that. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, yeah, that catalytic moment just in your life and how that's carried out. And what's cool is to, like knowing that story now and like when you came back last year in mm-hmm. May, right? Mm-hmm. It was May. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was the first thing that you were doing was cleaning, doing dishes. I th- At one point you were like, how can I help? And I was like, well, the store is a wreck if you want to help clean and scrub <laughs> the nasty floor. And you were like, yeah, I would love to. Like it was just um, – it's just incredible. Yeah. And, but it's cool that it's a, it's a place that you're like, oh, I can come back to the basics. Of, this is what Jesus would be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I genuinely enjoy it. Like, it's yeah. not just like I go slog through it. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. it's, it's life-giving. And I'm like, oh, yes, this is necessary for mm-hmm. my soul and mm-hmm. my heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It almost becomes a space where you connect with Jesus. Yeah. Like, just serving, using your hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's like a blessing to me. I feel more whole and more like a functioning human being yeah. um, when I get the opportunity to kind of do those things. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, love that. And what's cool, so this season on the podcast, we're, we're diving into the question of asking people how they creatively engage with God. And, you know, we kind of preface it, obviously, if you've been listening, you've heard this, we're trying to beat it into you that, you know, we are all just creative beings made in the image of this insanely creative God. And so we express that in different ways, whether it be through the arts or whether it be how you figure out the math problem or write papers, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that, we would love to know, one, for you personally, like how have you found over the years, whether it be while cleaning a toilet or whatever, you know, like create what ha- what has creatively engaging with God looked like for you, whether that be at Pondo or through seminary or th- has there been consistent? Is it based on different in seasons? You know, like it can look different throughout our lives. But for you personally, when you think of, OK, what are the ways that I have found myself engaging with God personally, intimately? What, what does that look like for you over the years? Yeah, I think it's looked different at different stages of my life. Matt Chandler has a vote, or not a vote, a quote, mm-hmm. uh, that if you work with your hands, you should Sabbath with your mind. And wow. if you uh, work with your mind, you should Sabbath with your hands. Uh, and so I've had a variety of different jobs, some that were more with my hands and some that were more with my mind. Wow. Um, and I feel like you can use creativity in either one of those spaces. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, and so I would say that my creativity tends to come out more in the rest spaces. Okay. And mm. those rest spaces are different depending on what my job happens to be yeah. mm. in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, at camp, maybe creativity looked like um, coming up with silly cheers uh, <laughs> to teach your team or do with ultimate cheer. Uh, mm-hmm. Or maybe it looked like uh, coming up with different modalities to focus the sermon in on. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's, um, you know, some sort of tie-in um, 
physical thing. I remember we did like a mosaic one year where everybody got a stone and they like built it together. One year there was a plank uh, that we built when we were pirates to kind of walk it. So those were like some of the creative things uh, at camp uh, to go through. Definitely um, during my Ph.D., which felt like the work, I was vocationally a preschool teacher, uh, which (laughs) felt like the play (laughs) or the resting time. Uh And so, yeah, even in preschool, just coming up with um, different expressions of of trying to to help shape the kiddos and help get them to learn and love God more. And absolutely Mm -hmm. in academia, um, creativity expresses itself. Um, through the life of the mind Mm. and through learning to cultivate the life of the mind. Uh, And, you know, Jesus tells us he changes um, the greatest commandment or the Shema from the Old Testament uh, to adding in a fourth component in the New Testament from loving the Lord with your heart, soul and strength in the book of Deuteronomy uh, to then in the Gospels we see we're to love the Lord with our heart, soul, mind and strength. Mm. Uh, And Mm. so I think in each of those ways, um, as image bearers, like Alicia said, Mm. we have the capacity to reflect these uh, communicable attributes of God. We have the capacity to reflect creativity, to reflect love, to reflect joy, to reflect peace. Uh, And I think that when we do those things um, in unity, that's where it really comes out. So creatively expressing love, whether it be to preschoolers or campers or college Mm -hmm. students, uh, creatively expressing um, peace with something that cultivates uh, a stillness in my soul. (laughs) Creatively expressing joy, Maybe that could be through worship. Uh, Maybe it's through an ultimate cheer. Mm. And so there's lots of things uh, that I think uh, we have Mm. capacities for to produce, right? Mm. We're supposed to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, cultivate. Uh, And Mm. I I think that that is done through building things, Um, creatively expressing the the gifts and the talents that God Mm. has given us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see a lot of the fruit of the Spirit in what you're saying. So it's almost this picture of partnership with the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit as we're creatively engaging the Mm -hmm. world around us. Um, And it's looking for um, what is God doing? How is he moving? What is he saying? And how can I step in and be a part of it and uh, just really build something in this moment, whether it be something you build with your words as you, like, build somebody up or um, create something. You're a writer, so mm-hmm. creating something mm-hmm. in that aspect. Um, so yeah, I really love that. Yeah. Right. Well, God's <clears throat> on a mission and we need to be on mission with him. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when we're on our own mission, I think that's when we distort our capacities as image bearers, when we yeah. take it into our own hands. But mm-hmm. when we join in with what he's been doing for thousands of years, um, that's when we live up to the purposes for which we were created. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Pondo podcast. Camp Pondo exists to create a unique space to encounter Jesus. It's because of our generous donors that we're able to provide an all-inclusive, Christ-centered program for students. For more information on the Big Red Chair Club, head over to pondo.org. Thank you so much. So good. I'm like, all right, well, there's there's that. <laughs> yeah. Has there, I'm curious, has, and this is maybe on the spot, has there ever been a moment maybe when like putting something together for the preschoolers or mm-hmm. something where you're like creatively thinking, how can I 
you know, define or express this attribute of God to someone who's, you know, four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe a different area of your life where you're kind of engaging that creativity and there has been something that has just totally surprised you or almost like a realization while engaging that way where you're mm-hmm. like, wow, I've never even viewed it this way. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. it's just as in all, because there's so many different areas of which you have not only pursued and engaged working the mind and the physical. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious if there's um, a moment where like this stands out distinctly where, um, man, God just revealed himself to you mm-hmm. in just a cool, unique way and you weren't even necessarily looking for it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it happens all the time. Um, like I said, I had significant moments cleaning bathrooms at camp yeah. <laughs> of like, wow, God is real. This is the God who became human for us. The creator mm. of the world yeah. came to serve mm. in lowly ways, yeah. right? Uh, something I tell my students all the time is like, I, ma- I make oatmeal for breakfast, right? Uh-huh. But I'm never going to become oatmeal. Mm. Um, God's yeah. creativity yeah. is different than our creativity. Mm. And like, he actually becomes his creation. Like, wow. And I'm certainly not be- going to become oatmeal to save oatmeal, right? Um, like, <laughs> yeah, it's mushy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of gross. Uh, yeah. But that's what God does, like, in mm. our mushiness and our kind of grossness. Uh, and that. it's just extraordinary, you know, to experience that. Or, yeah, yeah. just like... I, I didn't think I was going to like being a preschool teacher, but I loved it. Mm. It was just so fun to get to see the little light bulbs. I had a kiddo whose favorite animals were hippopotamuses, a two-year-old. <laughs> and then I remembered a song from my childhood of like, mm-hmm. hip, 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 hippopotamus, <laughs> hip, hip, hooray, God made all of us. And I taught it to them, and it was like the best moment of his two-year-old life, Aww. right? That he got to sing a song <laughs> about <laughs> hippos yeah. and yeah. like that God made hippos and God Uh made him. And it was just like a connection point, you know? Uh And I get to see, I get to see those light bulbs all the time. Uh, And my college students, I get Mm -hmm. opportunities to teach uh, other ages. You know, seminary students are typically probably like ages 40 to 60. Uh, And then even like, I've been teaching senior citizens lately and I get to see 87 year olds, you know, with these light bulb Mm -hmm. moments of like, this is the word of God. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a 4,000-year-old piece of text that's been preserved across centuries and languages, and I get to read it in my hands. And, yeah. um, you so know, cool. the, the creativity of God to reveal himself through um, the written word uh, yeah. and mm-hmm. through the incarnate word because mm-hmm. uh, he, he wants to be known by us. And so I think mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's it's exciting, right, yeah. to mm-hmm. engage this God who, who wants to be known and, and he wants to— he wants us to experience his pleasure, and we do that through washing dishes or singing songs with two-year-olds mm-hmm. or teaching seminary. So that's amazing. Yeah, that's really good. So, Amanda, as a <laughs> professor of theology, um, you help students all the time learn how to really engage with Scripture, um, how to have a more holistic view of it. So if we have a listener here who maybe is struggling to um, to really connect with Scripture, to creatively engage with God in their reading of the Bible, um, how would you encourage them? Yeah. So um, when we think about what Scripture is, and I kind of just talked about it a little bit, right? Like, this is the Creator God who speaks all things into existence 
revealing himself to us um, Mm -hmm. in a special way. In theology, we talk about two ways that God reveals himself. In general revelation, he reveals himself through creation, things like sunsets and Mm -hmm. oceans, uh, and it gives us evidence of something bigger than us. Mm -hmm. Um, But he reveals himself in special ways, and this is is the Bible, typically, Mm -hmm. uh, and Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so if the creator of the universe takes the time to reveal himself in these Mm ways, he does so for a reason, right? Like he wants to be known by us. uh, And and he does so motivated by love, not motivated by duty. Mm -hmm. He didn't leave us the Bible so that we would have a checklist of things to do. Uh, He left us the Bible so that we could know him, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so that we could know these character and attributes that we're talking about, like creativity and love and joy and peace and justice and wrath, right? They're not just always positive things, but that like he's a God who actively hates wrong things. He mm-hmm. hates murder. He hates rape. And that's good. Like, it, yeah, it's right. good yeah. Yeah. Um, that God does these things. And so uh, to somebody who is struggling um, with with reading the word, with prayer, uh, what I would encourage is uh, remembering what those things are motivated by, right? Mm. It, it's not motivated by um, a task that you do uh, to perform or simply to be okay. Uh, mm. It's not supposed to be drudgery, mm. um, but mm. it's supposed to be motivated by affection and his revelation to us is motivated by his affection for us. Yeah. Uh, and so our responding to his revelation should be motivated by affection. I know mm-hmm. we don't always feel like it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know that it's some mornings you want to sleep more. Um, some days you just need a break. Uh, but I also think that um, discipline is a good thing. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you discipline yourself to run, even when you don't feel mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you run for a few days, running mm-hmm. starts to be life-giving, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, we, we do things out of affection. And even if we don't feel the affection, hopefully we still do things and start to feel it. Um, yeah. And, and grace, these are ultimately acts of grace. Um, grace is opposed to earning. This is a Dallas mm. Willard quote, but it's mm. not opposed to effort. Mm. Um, wow. And so we can't earn it. We don't read scripture to earn favor with God, um, but we do put in effort uh, yeah. because uh, what costs the Son of God his life cannot be cheap for us. Uh, and that is a Dietrich Bonhoeffer quote. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I love that you talked about motivation and that you kept talking about how God wants us to know him uh, and that as we kind of engage with the world around us, engage with scripture, prayer, um, that it's the more we press into how, like, how can I bring creativity to this? There's this exploration and it's an exploration of God's heart because he wants to be known. There's things he wants to reveal to us. Um, and so it's not a passive, like you said, it's not a checklist. It's not just like, okay, I did my reading moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much to like just unearth in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I love that. There's the motivation of affection for God because he wants to be known and he, he wants us to know. He wants yeah yeah that's what I'm trying to say (laughs) yeah and it's extraordinary right like Mm. I don't Mm -hmm. really want oatmeal to know me Um, (laughs) right I I don't really care what oatmeal would yeah Yeah. Yeah. but like God wants his creation to to know him Mm -hmm. and God gave part of his image to Mm. creation so that we could know him yeah it's Uh, mind-boggling it is (laughs) incredible (laughs) 
Love it. Mm-hmm. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for taking <laughs> time out of your busy day. You're about to head off to teach, correct? Mm-hmm. What class yeah. are you about to go teach? Yeah. Um, so I got two back to back. I got two hours of Christian worldview. So that's um, gen ed students, okay. uh, 100 level class required. And then we have Christian character formation, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to come right after that. That's an upper division, typically for people who are training for vocational ministry. And mm-hmm. in Christian character formation, we talk about the affections of the heart mm-hmm. uh, and why we do these things. Very cool. Well, thank awesome. you for um yeah, joining and blessing us yeah. with your, your joy and your wisdom, too. It really is a blessing, and so we're thankful for your friendship. Um, Yay, thanks yeah. for asking me. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>